0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Good evening. Hi, this is Foster Brown, and you've tuned in to the Internet Advisor. We've got two hours of programming ahead of us, and it's going to be jam-packed program, an interesting one. We've got the chasescape with us, Rick <laughs> Broida. We're going to be looking at back to school and some of the bargains that are out there. We've also got Cass and Thomas with us with a great news called No More Ransom, standing up to the bad guys. Lots of really interesting stuff coming up this afternoon. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Ed Rudell, Gary Baker with us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Gary, good to have you with us on board. And the term on board has special significance with you. (laughs) Gary, you still there?
2: I am still here. I was talking to you. We just didn't have me up. <laughs> we, that's correct.
0: We got it now. We've got it now. He's, uh, talk about having Gary on board is very literal because he is on a boat right now down in Fort Laud- Lauderdale, Ford, Florida, in the Las yep. Olas Marina. Good to that's have you right.
2: here. And, uh, yeah, a um, little, little bit warm here today, but uh, bright and sunny and everybody's uh, out on the sandbar swimming and... And cooking out, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fun time. <laughs> I'm, enjoying it, I'm enjoying it
0: immensely. We're enjoying the cooler temperatures here, to be honest with you, in the Detroit area. It is
3: like um, autumn. Yeah. Waking up. Last night was beautiful sleeping, oh, and I'm yeah. looking forward to another beautiful night.
0: Yeah, it was.
3: Hey, we got got a couple of guys in the studio here, uh, Gary, that you know
0: very well. And that is Rick Broida, who is with us back again. Rick, good to have you here in the studio.
4: Always great to be here. It's been too long. Way too long. Rick
0: is somebody who uh, writes many columns for CNET. And uh, we we call him our cheapskate because you that's your your special handle on CNET. Am that's, I right?
4: That's my num, to tech. <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah>. cheapskate. <laughs> but, but he's
2: really he is really our gadget guy. You know, that's it's true. not just cheap gadgets; it's all gadgets. Oh and, uh, and Rick really kind of really helps us uh, sort through some of those, those new technologies because a lot of times it's kind of hard to figure out if. If this is really something that's going to catch on, yep. or, like, Google Glass is coming back. I don't know. I Rick, if you saw you that. that. Did you see
4: that in, in Enterprise? Google Glass is going to try to make a little bit of a comeback, but, uh, again, I I don't see this as a consumer product now no, or no, ever. No, no, no. But uh, maybe yeah. it has business applications. I think AR is probably going to yep. trump uh, whatever Google Glass is cooking up. But we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting.
0: It, it, it is. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there were some articles that came out, kind of a bunch of articles that came out about them now being a darling in the enterprise world. For uh, manufacturing and some of the other processes that are out there. Uh, We will see. We will see. It's cool (laughs) stuff. Kastin Thomas is with us as well. And Kastin is going to be talking about something very special. It's called No More Ransom. And that will be a little later on in our program. It's a combination of companies that have gotten together to fight ransomware. And, boy, we're glad that you guys put on the white hats and have marched out to help us. It's a big job, but uh, somebody's got to <laughs> <laughs> put the sex seaters on. <laughs> hey, did you guys see that Firefox uh, announced? Uh, now, it was interesting. I said a comeback, but they've really never gone away, have they? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think they've they've lost market share uh, yeah, to yeah. to Chrome. You know, Firefox was always the the great alternative to Internet yep. Explorer, and then Chrome came along and really stole a lot of uh, Firefox's thunder. And Firefox really hasn't made much in the way, many headlines uh, of late, except for, I think, some uh, something with the CEO. I don't even recall what exactly. <laughs> but I guess so I, they're making a comeback from obscurity as you said you
5: <laughs> That's exactly. Well, if you go to google and search what internet browser should i use what do you think they're going to tell you
3: <laughs> well no ed, edge of course oh i'm sorry that, that's bits if you do it in bing bing okay. yeah <laughs> ed you were talking about uh, a little bit before you got on the air here about opera yeah and, uh, another one of another those browser obs- another obscure browser but i think about six months ago they they announced that they've integrated a, a vpn client so you could just You drop down the menu and say, secure my connection. You have a little VPN connection, and it routes all traffic and encrypts it between you and a VPN server, and then routes it out of that VPN server to the traffic. And I use that for my, I just use it when I do, um, and I don't do too many bank transactions online, but I use it when I go eBay or Amazon, just an additional level of security when I want to type my passwords in.
5: Well, do it whenever you're at McDonald's or Starbucks, (laughs) we've talked about that.
3: Yes, yes. And I do have... Oh, yes. I have to use the VPN there, yes. Yes, I don't go to Starbucks or McDonald's. <laughs> I'll buy you a gift card. Yeah, I, have, <laughs> I was going to say got- I have a Verizon MyFi. Let me <laughs> say it that
0: way. I got a scary email the other day from Wells Fargo Bank saying that, uh, that I had made a sixty-nine dollar purchase and something.
4: I. Are you a Wells Fargo banker? No. Then you can throw that right in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I called. There was no. It but interesting. it's scary, though.
0: Yeah, there was an eight hundred number on it, so I called the eight hundred number, and I didn't get. I wasn't in Mumbai. I didn't get routed to Mumbai, but the guy it was interesting. Was very sensitive to the whole issue of. Uh, he said, "Send that on to, and I think it was abuse at Wells Fargo and something like that." So, th- what I was impressed with was. They were um, up on it, honest enough, to send me. He said, just send that to me and then just get rid of that because it's, it was really – I was shocked.
4: So let me add a, a tip on top of that, and I'm sure, Kastin, you probably are shaking, or nodding your head in agreement here. But So if you ever get an email like that, and it's, they're, these are designed to alarm you and to make you, yeah. you know, go, oh, my God, what happened? And usually they want you to click a link that is embedded within that email, but if, even if there's a phone number in that email – don't call that number. I think you got lucky because you probably actually did get up, end up at Wells Fargo Bank. I did, yeah. I, Go I, okay, online right. and look up their customer service number on their own website because uh, that could just as easily be, just as like it's a fake link, could be a fake phone number, take you to a fake call center. Oh, just give us our credit, your credit card number. We'll take care of it for you. Yeah. Don't worry. And yeah. one of
5: the tricks that the hackers use is that the link will not work because they want you to call the phone number. Uh, But it's their phone number, and it doesn't belong to the bank. So I dodged a bullet. You did
4: dodge a bullet, right.
5: (laughs) I dodged a bullet here. Well, I'm glad I did. Live and learn. That's why we're here.
4: (laughs) When we come back,
0: yeah, let's talk about some of the uh, gadgets that are out there for back to school. Uh, How's that sound, Rick? Sounds great. All right, we'll do that with Mr. Rick Broida in just a moment. When we come back, Kaston Thomas in studio with us, Ed Riddell and Gary Baker. It's the Internet Advisor on the air for you. It is a rare pleasure to have Mr. Rick Broida on the air with us, talking gadgets. And Rick, you talk gadgets all the time on CNET and different places. It both as cheap cheapskate, and uh, I know phones are your specialty as well. Just quickly, uh, cast an eye towards people going back to school, because I know this is the time. Ed, in the past, you've had you know your kids buying you know, computers to
3: go back to school. Oh, with. yeah, back to school for college kids uh, yeah. starting in 15 days or yep. less than 15 days.
0: Anything in particular, Rick, that, that, uh, you know, stands out to you in terms of brands or computers that are particularly good value?
4: Well, this is definitely the month to buy because uh, at least stores like like Best Buy and other big outlets tend to do their back-to-school sales right now. So they'll have, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars off uh, on particular models. They'll do bundling. Uh, I think Best Buy right now is actually doing a bundle where you can get... um, a Microsoft Office uh, 365 license for $50 instead of $70 mm. uh, for oh. a year. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. much, but it's, it's something. And so you can be on the lookout for stuff like that. The hot topic right now, the, the big category that we keep hearing about with computers is 2-in-1s, like, which is basically just a rebranding of convertibles. You know? yeah. So it's a laptop that has a hinge screen that can go around a full 360 60 degrees. You. So it's a 2-in-1. It's a tablet and it's a laptop. And so um these are you know these used to carry a price premium you know it used to be more expensive to to get mm-hmm. a machine like that now they're really kind of the same price as any ordinary laptop and i think it's popular uh with students in particular because in addition to just typing out papers and things like that, they can switch around and use tablet mode uh, for whatever, and they can put it in tent mode to watch movies or presentation mode and tent know. mode. I love that phrase. That's yeah, awesome. I know. It's, I mean, it's kind of silly when you think about it. I mean, That's kind of think campy, of a dorm yeah. room.
0: I think right. a dorm room with a tent, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but in a dorm room, it'd be it'd be nice to, be to just prop it up that way. Yeah. So uh, so these are real popular right now, and I don't think. You know, brand-wise, people always ask me, well, should I buy Dell, should I buy HP, whatever. I don't really think there's a bad choice to be made. I think, you know, look for the specs that are most important to you. Screen size, uh, continue to find 13.3-inch uh, screen to be the sweet spot in terms of yeah. uh, usability and portability and certainly price. Um, Anytime you get into, like, a 15-inch screen or larger, it's going to be heavy. Uh, It's a lot to schlep around in a backpack all day. So I think that's a good size. And, you know, if you're looking at maybe a tablet as an alternative to a laptop, uh, again, I think that's hard to accomplish productivity um, with a smaller screen, like a 10-inch iPad. But, you know, something that's 13 inches, I think you'll be comfortable with. Uh, So that's my, in a nutshell, discussion of of (laughs) back-to-school computers. Now, what about
3: uh, Chromebooks?
4: Chromebooks, oh, yes, I think, perfect. are gr- a great option for, like, middle school and maybe even high school students uh, where the requirements are not, you know, they really don't need much more than web browsing and email and word processing. Uh, once you get at the college level and you might need to do some more, you know, you might need to do some CAD work. You might need to do some 3D design, yeah, things right, like that. Right. Uh, you might want to start looking for for Windows and some more horsepower. But, yeah, Chromebooks um, can be a great option. You know, Chromebooks are, are Google-driven. They're, they're cloud powered so um Mm -hmm. they're inexpensive and they have low end specs but you don't really need much more for something like that just a keyboard and a screen gary
2: you know rick um i'm curious about uh, your opinion on this for the last i I think seven or eight computers now that i've either purchased or i've helped friends purchase a kind of best buy or a local provider like micro center or shane's um, company i don't get to out there very often because i so far away from my house, but I found that if I buy last year's versions, just as the new ones are coming out, and I can buy a, you know, typically 900 or or $1,000 computer for about $500, and because it's on sale from, from Best Buy, I get a better deal than online. Um, have you found that to be the case? Uh, now, it's you know, I know that if you shop list price, sometimes online's better. But when I shop the deals and, and willing to take, like you said, I don't know if there's a bad choice on, on brands, but willing to take the sales computer that they have on sale, uh, and usually they have a number of them, yeah, Your Gary. Opinion on something like
4: that? That, that's a great tip, actually. Um, I definitely recommend to look for last year's models, even a model that's maybe two years old mm-hmm. and it's discontinued or clearance, because, you know, what was powerful two years ago is still pretty powerful today. It's not like we've made huge leaps in, in processing yeah, right. or performance or anything. So, yeah, if you can find a model that is uh, a year or two behind, uh, and as long as it's new, um, I would say by all means jump at it, because, yeah, as you said, you might be able to, to save three, four, even five. $500 off that model and still get yourself a great machine that still has a full warranty. The one thing I always recommend for students to be on the lookout for is what kind of support options they're going to have because if it's 11 o'clock at night or 2 in the morning and you're working on a school paper and you're having a problem, how are you going to be able to get help? And um, if you're buying a refurbished machine, which I often encourage people to do unless you're a student, you you just want to be able to have either a place you can call or go to or whatever to to get some assistance uh, so that... You know, (laughs) you don't suffer the worst.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, guess. Pardon me, um, Rick. I know that uh, from experience with my grandchildren that phones are very important in this equation as well. When kids go off to school. What kind of recommendations do you have for phones? Because it's they're almost as important as the as the computers now. They are small
4: computers, definitely, right. definitely. Yeah, it's amazing how much horsepower you can carry around in, oh, your, Lord, in your pocket, yes. in your backpack. Uh, yeah. So you know, there's so much happening with phones right now. We could we could fill an hour to to talk about it. But the the upshot is that you can now buy an unlocked smartphone for hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, two fifty, dollars and get something that is very very capable high resolution screen, decent processor, decent camera, as opposed to spending six, seven, eight hundred dollars on an iPhone, on a, on the latest Samsung or whatever. I just wrote something about this very subject for CNET, uh, basically this notion that I traded my eight hundred dollar iPhone for a one hundred and eighty dollar Android phone for a week. And I wanted to see what the experience was like of making that change. And I have to tell you something, as much as I don't love Android still, um, (laughs) in terms of, Functionality and performance and capabilities, th- I wanted for nothing. You know, it was a fine trade. So yeah. I think um, yeah. students in particular, you need a, you well, want a big screen, yeah. you want all the features. You can get it without spending all that extra money on that's the a very, your phone. yeah, it's a
0: very important point. Uh, by the way, let us have the link to that article. Absolutely, and we'll be sure to put that up on the uh, on our homepage with the, with our show notes as well. What was there? Uh, was there a company, a particular? that you had a plan with that impressed you? You're like a Sprint or Verizon or AT&T or something? Right.
4: So once you have your inexpensive phone, you need a carrier, of right, course, right. To, to give you service. Um, the one that I, there, there's two that I think are noteworthy right now. One is Cricket, uh, oh, which yeah. offers, which is a um, an AT&T-based uh, provider. And they offer some some great deals on plans. Like for an individual, if you set up auto pay, you for thirty five bucks a month, you can get unlimited calls and texting and four gigabytes of high speed data. Wow! Uh, and it's unlimited beyond that four gigabytes. Um, that's thirty five bucks a month. If you set up to fi- if you get up to five lines with them, like as part of a family plan. Yeah, yeah. It's a hundred bucks. So it drops to like $20 per person for that same amount of, of data. It's, it's really quite extraordinary how much you can get for, for that little. Um, meanwhile, I would check out a company called Mint Sim and what they do is a little, it's a little different is that you prepay for three, six or 12 months at a time. And by prepaying, you're actually able to get even lower rates, uh, than you could otherwise. So for example, um, like I think they're, their twelve month plan amortizes out to something like fifteen dollars a month for I think it's just a two gigabyte data plan, but they have a five gigabyte data plan works out to like twenty dollars a month. So again, there's just if you're willing to prepay and you're able to, you can get your parents to spring for it <laughs> instead of having to worry about a monthly payment. If you can pay in advance for a chunk of time, you can really get a lower rate. Yep, yep.
0: all those grad, all that graduation money that you right, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> put it down there. That's interesting. Now, what kind of um- a uh, service do you get, like in terms of reach, with one of those uh, smaller um, uh, companies like a Cricket?
4: Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, you'll any carrier that you're looking at, uh, you'll want to check the coverage map. Yeah, right. Uh, obviously, the big four are going to have the best coverage, but um, you know MintSim is actually a great example of that because if you check their coverage map, even though they're a T-Mobile provider, their coverage is not quite as extensive. Crickets a little better, I think, uh, about on par with AT and T. It's just a good tip to to check those coverage maps. Make sure you're going to be covered uh, wherever you're going to school and wherever you when you come home.
0: (laughs) Excellent, excellent, excellent advice, Rick Broyda. Thank you so much for being here this afternoon and helping us with that. Back in just a moment. Kasten Thomas is in here to talk about no more ransom. going to switch uh, subjects to some extent uh, and that is we're going to be talking uh, security but uh, uh, in just a moment we'll be talking about the no more ransom movement with Kasten thomas who's in studio with us he's the president of interworks and uh, as part of a coalition of companies that have gotten together to uh, beat the bullies who are trying to shake down companies around the world for ransomware, uh, with ransom. And uh, before we get there, though, um, we were talking about phones with um, Rick Reuter. And I wanted you just to kind of touch on, if you will, a little bit security on phones, because I know that's part of your passion as well before we get too far from that.
5: Yeah, especially with kids going back to school and parents paying for their their programs. The children are just so proficient on computers now and, and phones There's literally nothing that they can't get to on the Internet. And that goes without saying, that's not always the best stuff in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a program that we've talked about called Lookout. Lookout Lookout.com is a free program. Uh, They have recently made some substantial updates because those people who can sniff what you're doing on Wi-Fi, Lookout can detect that and will warn you. If you connect to a bad Wi-Fi, highest recommendation, put it on your iPhone, put it on your uh, Android, put it on your Windows phone. Absolutely no doubt. But the other thing to talk about is parental controls. You can do this within Google. You own the phone. You can put passwords and restrict what people can see. But uh, on Google and iPhone, there are also some good parental control programs that you can get uh so that you can limit what your child can get to or what can get to them because mm. it's not always what they're doing it's what people are trying to do to exactly. them exactly so
0: well I'd love to use that to jump into the subject of no more ransom um in the information that this was just a little over a week ago I think that you folks announced this
5: yeah innerworks on the 1 year anniversary of the no more ransom initiative uh we became a sponsoring partner uh, with 108 other government agencies, uh, vendors who are doing malware in the industry, Checkpoint and Silence, are world-class vendors for corporate security. They are co-sponsors. Europol, Interpol, a number of governments have uh, decided to collaborate. So what we're doing is, uh, Interworks, is we're spreading the word in the United States about this initiative. And the idea is that it's a one-stop shop Mm -hmm. where a technically proficient person can go to find the latest and greatest anti-ransom tools. So uh, there's no profit in this. It's a great way that we can collaborate as security professionals, bring the best and brightest minds from all over the world to collaborate with law enforcement, to collaborate with... Uh, the anti-ransom vendors. All of these people are in one place uh, uh, virtually collaborating to bring these tools. Mm. So uh, we're excited about it.
2: So, Castan, you and I uh, have breakfast uh, with a bunch of security folks on Fridays. Uh, I haven't been able to go recently, but
5: yeah, we'll um, come down and join I've, you on your boat soon,
2: Jerry. I was just going to say if, if we want to move that breakfast Friday morning down here, I'd be happy to host. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, I know a number of people said the best um, the best defense is just backup and restore, right? It's, that's what, that's what's wrong one with defense just being able to do that.
5: Well, not everybody does it. Number one, and. Uh, what we do within even the largest corporations is have multiple layers of defense. Restoring from backup is not always the best. Your most critical files might be the ones you worked on this morning, and uh, your backup was last night. That's a problem. Plus, you're down while you're restoring the files, and if it's a very large restore, that can take hours, if not uh, you know, in, in large corporation, days.
2: I can. Yeah so I think I I think your your points well well taken that defense in depth really is the right strategy and and uh, there's a number of of security measures that you need to take and the backup is is certainly a big part of it but only one of them.
5: Yep and we've put it up on our website uh, 10 tips actually there's 17 tips uh, seven <laughs> of them are for the really advanced people <laughs> But, uh, no more ransom and it's no more org. Anybody can go to that website. There's no sign up. Every tool, every piece of information is absolutely free, but they've posted their tips on how to prevent. And one of the, the recommendations is to have backups and be able to restore from backups. So it's absolutely something that you need to now, do. Now, maybe you can, um, um, clarify something. When you say
3: backups, one of the things I heard is that if, if you only have a single backup and you're always backing up the same, files to the same backup source, and, and you don't have multiple versions of the files, if you back up an encrypted file, it's overwriting the backup data on your external device or whatever backup mechanism you're using, and that file you just copied is encrypted.
5: That's correct.
3: Okay, so what we're talking about is multiple backups.
5: Multiple backups, progressive backups. Progressives, thank you. Uh, within corporations, they're backing up annually with a full backup, and then they're doing incremental backups on a monthly, weekly, daily basis.
3: Right, so you have the ability of restoring. I want the file last Thursday at 2 p.m., not the six other ones be- that happened after them. So, exactly. Yeah, that's what you want. So you're almost looking at an online backup system for Speaking home of that, users. Yes.
0: Speaking of that, uh, how does this tie in with those online services? Um you know, like
3: some of the ones that are out there. I'm trying to think of the like name. Like Carbonite and Carbonite, yeah. right? Yes. Exactly. No, and no, if I was a, um, if I store stuff on a Google Cloud, I don't have the ability. I only have one copy of it out there. If I have a OneDrive, I only have one copy of it out there. And it's possible those files could be encrypted as well.
5: And one of the things that the hackers are doing is making you think you've got a good file until they've encrypted a couple of versions. Yep. And then oh. they unload the whammy on you. I mean, oh, the yeah. innovation that goes on both on the white hat and black hat, as they're called. Uh, the white hats are, are constantly battling the black hats, and it's a, it's a game of leapfrog. What are some of the tools you of mentioned? Of course, now... Well, oh, go ahead, Kerry. Uh,
2: yeah, casting let's take OneDrive, for instance, as Ed was mentioning. Now, they take care of making sure that there's no ransomware attacks on OneDrive, right? And they have multiple copies, so if they ever get... Uh, do get hacked uh, and encrypted, that they can go back and restore from any one of multiple copies that are happening almost simultaneously. Isn't then letting the cloud provider that provides really good security, isn't that a way to to beat uh, the ransomware guys?
5: No, Gary, um, uh, it's still responsibility of of the user to do that. And if you're working on a file over a couple of days, you might be able to go back five days, but all those changes that you've made since then are gone. So uh, I'm not a big fan of relying on that as the best case of defense because you need to, you do need to have your anti malware system up to date and running. Uh, There is a role that OneDrive or Dropbox or Box can play in that. But it's it's not a silver bullet. There's never a silver bullet in security because there are multiple ways to attack computers and attack users, and uh, that's why you need multiple layers of defense.
3: So one of the things you were saying is that you provide tools on no more dot org, tools for what possibly decrypting
5: the files that absolutely really uh, it, and it's really for technical people, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're spreading the word, not all the technologists are going to be aware of it. So, uh, if you do have a technical uh, expert that you rely on when you run into problems on your computer, let them know about no more dot org, and that is dot org, not dot com.
3: Right, and it's and not good. it's not just Interworks that's doing this. You said there's a collaboration of 108 other companies, including antivirus and anti malware companies that are that are publishing on there some of the tools they've used and some of the encryption
5: techniques they've yeah, used. Yeah,
0: some big companies like Trend Micro and Checkpoint, Silence, Fortinet,
5: uh, Verizon, Deloitte. Yeah, awesome. these, are, these are big names. And mm. the whole idea is that we have a bigger problem and yeah. we're all making good money at this. We really want to contribute and make these tools available because the more we can discourage the bad guys, the more we can remove the incentive from making money uh, right. by preying on on people who are vulnerable to this. Well, one of the things I thought that was funny is well, one of the things that is clearly communicated to the
3: customer is how to obtain bitcoins. So they provide very concise instructions on how a person can get mm-hmm. bitcoins so they could pay the ransom. And and I'm like, well, can't you just? <laughs> I, you almost wish that the instructions were as concise as how do I can get rid of this dang
5: ransomware the people who are engaging (laughs) in ransomware criminal activity have great customer service They, (laughs) they are very helpful and and you have to remember the people doing this are not kids in their parents basement these are business enterprises it's organized crime and it's very sophisticated people building businesses around hurting people
0: oh boy Kaston Thomas, thank you so much for you and your colleagues who have gotten together to participate in this No More Ransom campaign. By the way, folks, we have a special bonus interview with Kaston in which we go into some more details on some of these other aspects of the No More Ransom And that will be posted online on our program notes. So look for that as well. Mike Brennan in just a minute. It's time for the man of the hour, Mr. Mike Brennan with M.I. Tech News. The headlines. Hi, Mike. How are you doing this weekend? Doing
6: great, Foster. Another uh, spectacular, uh, pure Michigan weekend, right? Oh,
0: isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? It's absolutely gorgeous out there. Hey, let's uh, dive into the headlines here this week. You've got uh, some interesting information. Matter of fact, we're going to be covering this, uh, I think, next week. With um, Michelle Gilbert, who'll be coming on to talk about some of the services that Comcast is offering, but uh, one of the things your headlines here is that Comcast's new wireless service will be coming to eight Xfinity stores in Michigan. What is that service?
6: Uh, well, it's a uh, uh, basic GT LTE service. I can do it here, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, you know it's a high speed service that's going to be available for a lot of folks. Uh, and it's tied in, it's, it's essentially Xfinity Wi-Fi. So Comcast is offering their own uh, uh, cellular service uh, that's going to be offered. You can see it through the various stores and things. And, and Michelle's going to do a whole lot better job of explaining it than <laughs> I am, apparently. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, it's so, good. They're going to be around the state, uh, d- different locations. So, so you'll be able oh, to check okay. it out, see what's going on. Gary? So Mike, I can't I
2: can't wait to uh have it down here because uh for me to use Xfinity uh I've had
6: to have a very, very long cord. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, I can
6: imagine, yes, yes. You're down there you let's see, you're probably down in Cuba by now or something, aren't you? Or,
2: <laughs> yeah, well yeah, you know, but I make the loop around Cuba and, and you know, I drag that
6: cord everywhere. So yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice to have wireless.
1: Yeah. Right, certainly will. Well this
6: is this is coming from our friends at Comcast, so uh They have their own service. Now everyone's jumping into that uh, market space.
0: Yes, definitely. Okay, one of your other headlines here is uh, Designing a Better Detroit Lawrence Tech University class is uh, giving Denby High students hands-on look at architecture, designing the coolest place for kids this summer in Metro Detroit.
6: Yeah, a high school class that was taught by Lawrence Tech uh, folks last year, in fact, uh, we uh, worked with these kids from uh, Denby, and uh, they came up with a lot of different ideas. Uh, they learned a lot about architecture. They had a poster contest, and some of the ideas that came out of it were bus shelters with unusual features, uh, a shelter with a mini-library inside, promoting uh, another one promoting continuous education, mm. with uh, another one on uh, fighting stress, which I need to probably go to <laughs> deal with myself, and another one providing a child care resources for young parents. So uh, this, this is from high school kids yep. that LTU has been working with. Well,
0: wow. Mike, we're going to take a, a quick break here because uh, we were able to talk with T.J. Kennedy, and he is the president of FirstNet, which is a company uh, that is uh, extending high-speed wireless to first, prov- uh, the fr- first providers of services. T.J. Kennedy, by the way, is with us here. He's the president of FirstNet. That's correct. So Virginia
7: was first out of the chute, and Governor Terry McAuliffe uh, and I and, and, and all the leadership from Public Safety, uh, you know, really talked about the exciting times with the Virginia being the first to opt in. But Michigan opted in on Thursday, August third, and they are, are really in the, the forefront of what's going on with public safety communications in the country right now.
0: This is exciting because, as I understand it, this is a, a, the first time that Michigan has had this unified first responder network. Is that is that the case?
7: That is the case. They've always had a terrific uh, Michigan communications network that is a land mobile radio network, and it's a statewide network, and Michigan's really done a great job and has a terrific uh, land mobile radio team, and they've also had a, a team looking at public safety broadband, and that team has worked very closely with FirstNet over the last three years to make sure that FirstNet had all of Michigan's needs. Uh, understood the rural build-out needs in the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. understood the big events that happened, such as you know having 100,000 people at the University of Michigan Stadium, right. and when they have those kinds of effects on public safety communications. And really, we made sure that that got into the plan for FirstNet, and that was part of the state plan that was delivered uh, to all the key stakeholders and that the governor acted on this week.
0: Now, uh, let me uh, underline what you just said as, as well. The unique thing about FirstNet is a, it's a wireless broadband network. Am I right that that's one of the keys here? It is the key. It's, it's a wireless
7: broadband network, so it delivers high-speed video, data, and voice communications that are really meant to help first responders have the same kind of tools that you and I have in our hands every day. Uh, but being able to have them with public safety applications that will really help save lives. I, I try to refer to it as the Internet of Life-Saving Things.
0: This is something that has been in the works for quite a while in the state of Michigan, has it not?
7: It has been. Uh, the state of Michigan has been a part of all of the planning for FirstNet. They've done consultation across the state. They've really worked with public safety to make sure that the objectives and the needs and requirements of police officers, firefighters, and paramedics as well as EMTs in the Mm -hmm. state of Michigan would be able to be served by this network.
0: How does this work with, for instance, severe weather information?
7: So severe weather information can definitely be shared on commercial networks as well as the FirstNet network. And it can go out as emergency alerts that will go to all devices of both citizens and public safety and first responders. But one of the great unique things is during really big emergencies, first responders will have what we call priority and preemption, which basically means they will always be at the front of the line and there will always be room for their communications to get through at that front of the line.
0: Hmm. One of the things you mentioned, and I think uh, this is something that we've we've talked about as, as with our program, and I know it's near and dear to the heart of many of our listeners, is um, getting good coverage in rural areas. How how was this accomplished, Mr. Kennedy? This is accomplished in a couple of ways. Most importantly. Uh,
7: FirstNet and our public-private partner, AT&T, have agreed to provide additional uh, coverage sites in the rural areas. This will extend coverage further than it does today. And so, in a good example, you know, some additional build-out and deployment uh, in areas that are not covered at the terrestrial level, but also making sure that we have a thing called deployable units, and so that when there are areas mm. that are, are very, very remote, being able to take the network with you.
0: This is... In some ways, it sounds like a first step or one of the first steps involved in expanding this network out uh, for emergencies.
7: It is. And so we plan to do that both with, you know, additional cellular sites as well as mm-hmm. having deployable sites that will bring that to more rural areas. And, you know, we understand that you have unique needs with the Upper Peninsula and other yeah. rural parts of Michigan, and that it's really important to cover wherever public safety has to respond. One, one other thing just to think about is, you know, this is often referred to in commercial terms as a 4G LTE network. Yes. And, and I know it's hard to sometimes talk about those, those letters because not everybody knows about you know what four G stands for and LTE being long term revolution, but. When you look at your phone, one of the unique things I, I like to explain is that when I look at my phone today and you look in the upper left hand corner, if you happen to have a cell phone, I would recommend you look at it right now and you would see something with five bars and you would have either three, four or five bars of coverage right. and then you would have the name of a cellular company, it would be AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, what have you and then you would have LTE if you were on a broadband network because it's the high speed broadband that's LTE. And this is the standard that really the next 20 years of communications will be built on. When you look at your phone with FirstNet and you're going to be a first responder your network will actually say FirstNet it won't say a commercial network Uh when you look at that FirstNet in the upper left hand corner you're going to be able to know that you're on a broadband network that comes with priority for public safety, preemption for public safety. It comes with a public safety applications ecosystem, and it's also going to be an encrypted network to ensure that things like you know law enforcement records as well as medical records on the emergency medical side will be very protected, mm. Mr. Kennedy. So it's really going to be a dedicated public safety broadband network that leverages commercial best practices.
0: Mr. Kennedy, well, thank, you thank you so much for being with us, and Mr. T.J. Kennedy and uh, Mike Brennan, thank you for. Putting us on to that story. TJ Kennedy, the head of FirstNet. Coming up this next hour, it's your hour. Call us at 800 859 0957. 800 859 0957. Caston Thomas is going to stick with us. Ed Rudell and also Gary Baker down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're here to answer your questions. Give us a ring at 800 859 0957. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. All aboard! It's the second hour of the Internet Advisor, and that's the time when this becomes your program. That is, we set our agenda by what's concerning you. Your questions, your concerns about your computers or other digital device. we got a great group of people in here to tackle those problems. Kirsten Thomas is with us. Ed Rudell and Gary Baker down in Lauderdale, Florida. Standing by along with me, Foster Brown, to answer your questions. You heard the young lady, 800-859-0957. As we often encourage you, give us a call early. Call early here and get your question on board. Make sure that we tackle your problem. Um, And as a reminder to you that the only dumb problem, pardon me, the only dumb question, (laughs) excuse me, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. So please do ask those questions. Don't feel like, well, I don't know much about computers. Well, that's why we have this hour that we've had open for going on 20 years to be here to answer your questions.
3: Hey, now, Foster, on the way in, one of the things that happened is you forgot to uh, print off the show notes. So one of the things I always carry around with me is a USB print cable. And remember, most laser printers in most offices still have that USB print port in the back, the one that's sort of shaped like uh, like the oh, Monopoly yeah. money, the house shape. Yeah, yeah. So I always carry one of those cables with me. So you you emailed it to me because you have a Mac, and that doesn't plug into anything. I know. And uh, with that USB 3C on the oh! side. And email it to me, and, and then I printed out the show notes, and we were good to go.
0: Yeah, all I needed was a $30 dongle.
3: <laughs> be able you to do thirty dollars, eighty dollars.
0: No, it's th- I, I can get one for thirty on Amazon that has the. You plug it
3: into that C port, right? And then it and, has, and it has, um, it has uh, the um, USB three C, the video, and yeah, and, right. uh, and another you, and a standard USB, port. and a
0: standard USB, right?
5: right. Exactly. You got to so remember, it, Ed Foster knows people.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I was just saying, it's a good idea. You know, in my bag, I always carry a network cable and a USB uh, print cable. You never know. Yeah, I normally have that with me
0: because of the, I love my MacBook Pro. It is so light and nice. But the problem is that you've got to have these special dongles right. or you can't perform the
3: simplest functions. I, I I still miss the days of infrared printing. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I used oh, to love. Yeah. Remember when computers had an infrared port in the back? You used to be able to point it at any HP printer that had the little red lens, and your print job would magically come out. Whatever happened to Bluetooth printers? I mean, most of these printers have yeah. disabled Bluetooth printing. It really stinks.
5: Never worked for me because I would always have a stack of papers that would end up getting in front of the infrared. All
1: right,
0: folks. 800-859-0957. We're having a good time talking about another, but we'd love to answer your questions. So get on the horn and ask us those questions. And... We'll get the ball rolling here at 800-859-0957. Um, One of the things uh, that really impressed me about this um, first responder network that we talked about at the very end of the hour um, with uh, T.J. Kennedy, who is the head of FirstNet, is that um, you don't you don't realize, or at least I didn't realize, the problem there is for first responders being able to get through To one another, Uh, you know, whether it's an ambulance or a fire or whatever else it may be. I mean, uh, intercommunication, intercommunications, right.
3: Exactly.
5: And I've been at the periphery of that. And it's amazing the work that's gone on the last 10 years here in the state. Making it so that the different municipalities can communicate with one another when there's something that they need to collaborate on, extremely yeah. important. And I remember with
3: Hurricane Katrina,
5: that's one of the things they did oh, is they yeah. they
3: put down portable generators with cell towers down there so that people could communicate, the first responders can communicate. But what they just also discovered, and also this was nine eleven in, um, was that a lot of the first responders did not have could not communicate to each other. They all shared different um bands and had no uh, yeah, direct link. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. to go through operators. So this has been in the works for quite a while. Yep. I, I remember do you remember the uh, when
0: we had that rolling blackout where um I forget what happened. It was on uh, it didn't start in Cleveland I think, wasn't it? The uh, uh, up
5: uh, between Erie and Buffalo yes. I believe is where what was it, was? it was it was a rolling it was rolling blackout? Right. It, it yeah. was a blackout it caused the by the Northeast by by
3: a virus on a computer that monitored the electrical systems.
5: and Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> it was a tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> well, what happened to me was that I, you know, and I'm sure this happened
0: to It was to a, lot a of tree, people. but,
3: yeah. But the computers that monitor the lines that would have uh, uh, completed it were, were fighting a virus, and they couldn't switch it off, and then, oh. then it became a cascading failure. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's Dick Clark. He wrote a book on it. Dick Clark? Yeah, you know, you know the the general Dick Clark. We had him on the show. And- oh,
5: oh, 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 okay. Oh. I thought William Dick Clark. Clark Dick Clark did the uh, <laughs> the dance. Oh, okay, (laughs) same thing, same thing.
0: I wondered how that happened. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, 800-859-0957. But I remember how frustrating it was, you know, to have a cell phone in your hand, wanting to tell my wife at that time that I was stuck because I was in Troy someplace coming home from work, and the traffic lights weren't working, and nothing was going
3: on, and I wanted to let her know, "I'm, I'm okay, I'm safe. And then after about six hours, the batteries died in the
5: cell towers. That's exactly it. Yeah. And that was the weekend of the Woodward Dream Cruise. <gasps> was it was it? not well attended that year. <laughs> I forgot I, about that. I did that. not. <laughs>
3: I don't remember
0: that. Yeah. Wow, that is something.
5: Yeah. So, but th- you know, nine nine months
2: later, there was an awful explosion of babies too. <laughs> so <I've> never <laughs> never know,
0: lots of, of things happened that weekend. <laughs> Is that what they call explosion? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, yes, it was. Yes, a population surge. <laughs> uh, Gary, how is how are things going down in Fort Lauderdale for you?
2: So it's uh, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, there's work to do on the boat that I knew when I bought it. So I uh, have been spending, you know, my time making sure that uh, uh, that uh, we bring the boat up to kind of the level of. Uh, of quality that I'd like to see it, and uh, but you know we're getting used to the the area down here. Love living on in the marina, and uh, we've got a boat next to us that's a sailcat, but it's the same hull, and uh, so we're going to be trading lots of stories and lots of ideas of how to you know fix one thing or another. So
0: I bet you do. All right. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening for the Internet Advisor. And uh, you should know, phone lines are open. 800-859-0957. Another way of saying that is 800-859-0WJR. And uh, thank you to our engineer, Tom. Thank you for... Her. He's really been juggling grenades this evening. And Logan, stand my, up uh, for my granddaughter and our screener. And uh, the lovely voice that you hear when you call in. And do call in, please, at 800-859-0957. Gary, um, you were talking a little bit with us uh, during the break about um, Michigan's position is in a data-driven economy.
2: Economy. Yeah, Yeah. talk a little bit more
1: about
2: Yeah, so I'm very involved in the Center for Data Innovation, and they just released a study uh, that said Michigan ranks 15th in key measures of strength in data-driven economy. Uh, you know, when you think about it, while 15th isn't bad, there's 50 states. We should be ranked a lot higher, given all of the large companies that are headquartered there in Michigan. And, and it just—it's interesting that we wouldn't be ranked higher. Why aren't these companies using data to drive some of the innovation? Um, and it, you know, so I went on and looked at some of the study results, and uh, they ranked 22nd in um, another. Key infrastructure, which is digital infrastructure. Uh, and part of, I think, the, the reason is, again, what seems to be our strength, the large, large companies, may actually be a weakness because we haven't been able to get off some of this older, larger uh, infrastructure to get into a more flexible arrangement to be able to allow us to use some of that data.
0: That really is the up-and-coming economy, isn't it, guys? Data. Right, I'll cast casting you. I think it's already here. Oh yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm curious why Michigan isn't doesn't do better at that. Then,
5: well, I, I'm always <laughs> cynical to to look at the details on how they rank these. I mean, you mm. know, you see the the top uh, college cities come out, and uh, it, when you dig dig into the details, it's kind of screwy the way they came up with their criteria. So, uh, without seeing the study and the underlying piece, I'm just going to reserve comment. Hmm. What do you think, Ed? Huh? I think it's a beautiful day, and I wasn't paying attention
3: to what you guys were saying. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm back. I'm back. back. (laughs) Uh, This is the segment where I'm supposed to help with the callers, and we haven't had callers calling in. I think there's something wrong with their phone lines.
5: Oh. No, as everybody's distracted with the same thing you were looking out the window at. That, that's probably true. <laughs> well, that's it, huh?
0: 800-859-0957. I am surprised. Uh, let me just mention something, uh, folks, by the way. This is the last weekend for a while that I'll be with you here on the Internet Advisor. Um, and uh, that is because I'm going to be going into uh, the Carmanos Cancer Center for uh, treatment and um it's going to keep me up probably until close to the end of august but i want to thank all the folks here who um boy all the well wishes we have received at home are just incredible And i want to thank those of you who were listening i hope paul meets you out there down in houston texas has been great and all, of our folks who have been listening to us for many, many years, thank you so much for your support. It means a tremendous amount
3: and and Foster here at the radio station and, and Gary and I would like to say this as well. You are in our thoughts and prayers you 're the inspiration mm. for the show, and you what make a tick <laughs> and and we look forward to when you come back and yep. uh, and we ask our listeners to also include you in their prayers. thank you very much but i did I did yeah, want I just want to let you
0: folks know if you don 't hear me for a while um We have not disappeared. Uh, There will be, by the way, a preemption for a Michigan State University football game coming up in a little while. I think it's in two Saturdays. But uh, in any case, uh, I will be um, out of commission for a little while. And so, go ahead.
2: And Ed is going to take over your duties, get us in and out of the segments uh, since I'm down here. And, uh, he'll do a great job and we'll keep the show going and, uh, till you
0: return. I often think that the best shows that we have are the ones that happen when I'm not around,
3: either when I'm on vacation or. Well, that's because you don't, you know, you, when you edit them and when you listen to them, it's, it's, it's brand new to you. It's not, you know, because you're editing them in the background yeah. the second time and, and, I do not like the listening to my own voice. I don't know how you do it.
0: I, 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 <laughs> after, after 40 years, I've gotten used to it. You're right.
3: And you know no, what? My I, wife doesn't like my voice either. No. Whoops. Yeah.
5: But, you know, Oops. No, nobody, nobody on the face of the earth can compete with Foster's voice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just true. so resonant and beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, and, well,
2: and, when, I, and I do think that people call in um, when you're not on the show, Foster, because, it's really about sympathy for Ed and I and Cal for <laughs> well, you know, stumbling through the show. And if uh, they go, oh, we got to help these guys, we'll call. We'll, we'll call and help
0: them out. All right, we'll pull the sympathy card out right now, and you can get started <laughs> on the sympathy at 800 859 You know,
3: and, and I was batting this idea around last week we were talking about how Microsoft's going to retire um, MS Paint, Microsoft Paint, you, yeah, if you recall, right. what they're doing is they have a 3D version of Microsoft Paint now, and they're retiring the old version. And, and a lot of people said, no, don't get rid of that clunky old thing. I use that on a daily basis. Microsoft has since then said it's available in the Microsoft Store, and that you can go to on a Windows 10, um, computer, that you can go to the Microsoft Store and download, um, applications there. Have you ever downloaded a Microsoft app through there besides Office 360? I mean, so I- I'm asking question. some of our listeners, what are some of the things you download from the Microsoft mm, store? Yeah. I mean, we know iTunes and, 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 and Apple apps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You can download apps and stuff like that, but who uses the microsoft store i mean well, when be- my- because it was so clunky when they came out with the yeah. microsoft phone yeah. remember oh exactly. there must have been 12 applications that were even worth downloading
0: and that was it that the only time i went to the store was when Ginny had an on a windows phone
3: and what microsoft was really helping and offering it on the windows environment is that 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 uh, developers would then um finally populate their libraries out there and and um mm-hmm. and people would start downloading so if you're a listener what have you found worthwhile in the microsoft store I mean, uh-huh. I guess that you would run on your computer. I mean, I know there's like a Facebook app, so I thought I'd throw that out there.
5: Okay. Well, you're looking to the future. This morning, I looked to the past. Uh, my What's wife that? and I are getting a new couch, so we moved the old one out, and underneath there was a laptop.
1: Really? Oh, really.
5: <laughs> I booted it up. Yes, it's still booted. It booted to XP. No. And I was just oh. looking around at the tools, and I'm like, some of them I couldn't even remember, but they were on there, so I must have used them. but it was a blast to the past absolutely
0: (laughs) well you know we got somebody calling in from dundee so we're not gonna waste any more time we're gonna say hello to jerry from dundee how are you doing jerry (laughs) hello jerry (laughs) oh boy what a day huh jerry Tell you what, Logan, I'm going to put this on hold and see if we can wake him up in the background. I think he may have fallen asleep <laughs> when he was waiting to get out the air. 800-859-0957. We're going to see if we can get Jerry back on with us to answer a question from him. You know, you mentioned the Microsoft store. I, I, I don't think, well, I do know that when Jenny had a, a Windows phone, mm-hmm. that was when I went into the store and downloaded certain things and there weren't uh, a whole lot to
3: get there right
0: wasn't a whole lot down low oh my goodness i think we lost uh, oh here he comes we're getting some calls back in all right
3: so but apple just seems to be prevalent even the samsung or google play store is just stuffed with applications and I, and i and yeah. i visit it regularly you know yeah but well the question used to be how many
0: flashlight apps or Gaseous apps? Did you need?
3: <laughs> what was that? Gaseous? Gaseous? Mm-hmm. Like was that like finding the cheapest gas? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, are you talking about sound effects?
0: No yeah. And oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh. what a. What a uh, nacho can produce on occasion. <laughs> okay. Sound effects.
5: <laughs> I know nothing about that.
0: 800 <laughs> 859 It's funny. We've had a bunch of calls come in and go out and come in and go out. So we're, we, it may be a problem with the phone lines. It may indeed be. So keep trying, folks. All of a sudden, I've got all sorts of people calling in, and that's great. We're going to be getting to you in just a moment. We're about to take a break quickly, and we will get you folks lined up. And as soon as we get you lined up, we're going to charge in there and start answering your calls with the half of the program that we've got left. Okay,
1: 800-859-0957.
0: All right, let's jump right back into the calls. 800-859-0957. I think we are experiencing some phone problems. ...because we've got some folks back like Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how you doing? Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Oh, Jerry? I'm Greg. Oh, boy, this is interesting. So, hang on just a minute. This is very strange. We are getting people bumped off lines, etc. Okay. Greg? Yes? Hi, go ahead. Uh, Our phone system is doing some very strange things, but I'm glad to have you here. What can we do for you?
8: I'm a native of Michigan. I'm living in Ohio. I love to listen to WJR while I'm working. Good. I got Windows 7, 64 Pro. I'm running i5 processor for quite a while. I listened to WJR online. Mm -hmm. Now I can't get anything online from WJR out from the website.
3: Huh. That's interesting. Are you having any problems with other accessing other websites? No,
8: YouTube I get plenty of YouTubes. I've listened to Clark Howard on the radio.
3: Perfect. Okay, and so what type of web browser are you using on there? Firefox. You Oh, so you're using the Firefox. Have you tried using an alternate browser like the Microsoft Edge browser that may have been that was in or not Edge because you're running Windows 7. Internet Explorer or Google Chrome? Just to to troubleshoot what might be the problem? If the problem is with the Firefox, or, or,
8: or, oh, I've been running Firefox all along, and I didn't have trouble up to a
3: up to a, a certain point.
8: Yeah, and I and I just know I got I just, I you know you you try to go back to what you were doing, and it doesn't work.
3: Right, right. I mean, because and, and and that's I'm, it. We're, we're, I, I'm
8: in IE right now. Yep, I'm going to see what happens.
3: Okay, I mean that's a good troubleshooting technique, just to see if another browser would function properly. Because something um, could have happened with um, the Firefox, and I'm trying to remember if the um, it's an app or an add-in that it, that they use, or we stream online with WJR. So when you when you click on it and say, "Listen now," it just just co- blows through the browser. It doesn't require any special software. Um, right, right.
8: The only, the only menu that comes up. Will you allow? mpl.toongenie.com to access your location and I don't do that I don't know what mpl.toongenie.com is, but no hmm. and i'm, I'm in a i I'm in i e right now and it's again it comes with with this Toon genie
3: well that might be the application and, uh, that it uses to actually stream the audio you troubleshoot what might be the problem, if the problem Oh, it sounds like it's coming through. Careful, and or okay, or, or, There well. you go. And I had the exact same prompt. Do you want to wish do you wish yes. to use com to to track your location? And and that's just the station trying to figure out who's listening and what geographical location uh location they are and what type of people are listening. Are they you're in Ohio? Are you in Florida? You're in the Dominican Republic? We have yep. people all over the world. So they just want to track your location. That that's all that little cookie is
8: fyi yes ie worked that was ie working i had rebooted or i had uh, up. i had access to ie and that's what was working and then i turned ie off again i do not get any reception through firefox
5: in firefox have you installed any uh ad blockers or pop-up blockers by any chance
8: mm, uh, not that i am it not, I don't remember doing that.
3: Right, because sometimes antivirus software will block certain content. The
8: only time I'm, the
5: only one I'm using is Trend Micro. Yeah, Trend Micro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to go into Firefox and clear your cache, and uh, that could be causing uh, problems with accessing the website. Uh, clear your cookies and uh, come back yeah, into oh, the I website.
8: Have all me. cookies turned off, actually.
5: Oh. Hmm. But he's Uh, had them turned off for a long time, and it still works. It doesn't mean that the station's uh, uh, streaming service hasn't turned something on to look for a cookie.
8: Well, I I just now turned it on before I called you.
5: Okay. I
8: I put the privacy, and I have the cookies, accept cookies from the site, but not from third parties.
3: Now, does Mozilla, I'm trying to see if Mozilla has the ability to reset, um, like Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer has the ability to reset settings. Um, by going in the tools and in the options. And I do not have Mozilla installed or Firefox browser installed on this computer, so I don't recall if it has the ability to reset the, um, the settings. I'm just trying to think of what else would cause it. Besides, it's usually just a corrupt cache file or a cookie.
5: Typically, that's going to be the problem.
3: Okay. Well, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to help you with this, um, but you can go to the our site and um, go to the internetadvisor.net website, and uh, there's a contact us at the yeah. bottom of the page. Write me an email, and then I'll do a little more research. Yes, we can it. do more research at that point. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you
0: very much for calling, and, and take advantage of uh, the links that are there on our homepage at internetadvisor.net. Lauren from Canton, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, Lauren.
9: Hi there. Huh. Um, some months back, I was driving in my car, and I heard you talk... Somebody like me into buying a Chromebook, so I bought one.
1: Oh. <laughs> but, it <isn't> Uh-oh. Com-
9: <laughs> but one, I don't know how to use it adequately, but two, I wanted to use it to also play or to buy an external hard drive, which uh- they sold me but was not compatible. So, any ideas on that? Am I out of luck on playing? DVDs?
0: Well,
3: Lauren, we, uh, uh, well, we missed what you wanted to play. She wanted to play movies or DVDs. Oh,
0: play movies yeah. or DVDs. I got so you. she
3: purchased an external DVD player, I'm assuming. Did you purchase an ex- external DVD or did your laptop? Yeah. Okay.
9: I bought an external one, but it was not compatible. And I I understand many things that are not compatible on the Chromebook. Okay. And I'm just wondering, is there any way to play it on my television set, like I bought a Roku-type television set. Is there mm. any way to put, to hook up an external drive to that?
0: Uh, I know that uh, there are ways of hooking up different things to iBaroku as well, and you can hook up um, HDMI, correct, to, I think, I- I'm going to guess you have an HDMI output? Yeah. Okay. I you probably can go from that HDMI output, there will be a, a plug on the back of your Roku, and uh, what will happen is that when you uh, start your Roku up, you will g- see the options that you're given there. Oh, so
3: you're assuming that a DVD, external DVD player, usually just provides a USB port, but what, what, what you just said is you think that it may have a HDMI?
0: No, no, I was thinking the computer had the HDMI. That
9: you would- no. I don't think it does. I was just told it's not compatible with a Chromebook
3: yeah, oh, so, that's interesting.
9: A lot of things aren't I think compatible i and you just spend some time and lo- learn about it, but anyway, yeah,
3: I well, would still you like
9: know, to play my movies and
3: <laughs> no, that makes sense, I mean. But uh, I, I never actually considered that uh, for a Chromebook. there has to be a way that you can hook up external devices that are USB. Maybe you just have to yeah. go to the manufacturer's website and then um, find compatible accessories that they have on their website. Good idea and buy it from them or, or buy it from the them or, or or find out some keywords that they're using. You know who's the manufacturer of your of your Chromebook?
9: Acer Acer
3: Yeah, yeah so go to Acer, Acer's yeah. website and see if what what they offer. Uh, okay. As far as accessories for the Chromebook, and even give them a call because you have a manufacturer's warranty with them, and I'm sure they they have a help desk.
9: I appreciate your help. Thank you very much.
3: You're welcome. That was a good call. All you know, right. I've never considered that yeah. um, uh, hooking up external devices. You would think mice, keyboard, but you're right. If I wanted to watch old DVDs or plug, plug a Blu-ray in there, I'd want, Or, or does my Chromebook have an HDMI output so I can plug it into my TV? You know? Yeah. Uh, I guess these are really, really stripped down. Some of the models that they're they're in, that's true. And, and not many people are going to be buying and, and that's the trend Not many um, manufacturers Are providing DVD and uh, Blu-ray players in their computers Because everything streams according mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. Everyone wants to get off Netflix every, You know
0: yeah, I, I had to buy um, an external yeah. DVD player myself. I was
3: shocked when I couldn't figure out How to hook up my VHS to my computer So I could watch <laughs> movies <laughs> I had to buy a composite video card To do that <laughs> Right?
0: Yeah, really? (laughs) Oh, boy. 800-859-0957. We've got Jerry Dundee, and it looks like uh, Burke, who's in Clarkston. And we will be getting to him in just a minute. Uh, Our number is 800-859-0957. And with these calls, we're going to be wrapping things up. And I will be seeing you folks, God willing, coming back at the end of August as we start stepping into the fall. And in the meantime, my ABLE co-hosts, Ed Rudell and uh, Gary Baker, are going to be handling things in this end, along with Kel Carson. And I'm sure Shane will be in here to help with that, too. So let's get a crack on uh, a couple more calls here at 800-859-0957. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor. We're wrapping things up here. This us. Jump back to our phone lines which are finally working. Hello to Jerry from Dundee. Jerry, how are you doing down there?
10: Well, I'm doing pretty good, but I got a problem that you won't believe.
0: All right, let's let's try us on.
10: I was gonna be the dutiful husband and I bought my wife a backup drive, a Toshiba, one terabyte. Okay. And it came with some software in. I can't think of box four or something like that, a software uh, uh backup you know came with it. Uh-huh. I dutifully backed up her computer with all her X-thousand pictures. Uh-huh. I went to restore it because she'd had a problem, and the lead-in program for it kind of got corrupted and wiped out her computer. Oh. And I got a hold of the company, and they can't decode their files.
3: <sighs> oh, boy.
10: <laughs> That's the part. They don't even know how to get into their, the files that their program made.
3: Well, probably because it encrypts it um, when it copied the made the backup file. So um, usually, when you make a backup to an external drive, it may prompt you: Do you wish to password protect this um, the data backup? Do you do you recall? No, they
10: just they just said no, no matter what shape it's in, they can't decode
3: it. Okay, <laughs> that,
10: that's what that's what blew my mind that they didn't know how to get into their program, yeah.
3: <clears throat> their own computer. Well, Caston, your thoughts on this? <clears throat> I'm stumped. Well, because I'm thinking, that there are several ways you could back up. You could do a complete backup of your entire hard drive, or you can just do the data. And if the manufacturer provided you uh, a complete backup, it would make a like a bootable USB drive for you, so that you can recover your data off the external device, and mm-hmm. or possibly it, the it data. It didn't
10: offer that.
3: It didn't offer that. So no. So when your it, wife
10: it's on the portable hard drive. Is what it's on.
3: Okay. Can you actually hook it up to a computer and is, is yeah?
10: The, is, it's a Toshiba a portable hard drive. I can't, it, the software came with the Toshiba drive.
5: Now, can you can you actually go onto the drive and see files in there?
10: I can see a little bit. Yeah, I can see uh, where the files are, but I can't see the files.
3: Now, when you come, s- um, go ahead. No, so I guess what Kasten's asking is, do you see, like, a folder called Documents, another one called nope, My Pictures? Nope. So what you probably see is is, is a backup
5: I'm archive. Af- I'm afraid they did a system image backup, which is a sector backup rather than a file-by-file backup. Mm. And so,
10: But it, it amazes me that they don't know how to get into it. I called them. They said, no sense sending it in or anything. They don't know how to get into their program. Good
2: Lord. Well, they, they actually do that. Prove that. um, Oh yeah, that nobody can get in. That they can't even see your data. (laughs) So you have a. So uh, there's a lot of companies that do that with passwords, where you say, "Can you just tell me my password?" No, they can't. It's truncated. Nobody can get to your password. And there are companies that say, "We're going to provide such good privacy that not even our techs can get in." Because most of the time, when you're on a system, if you're on on Gmail, you know, the Google systems administrators for their um, for their email program, they can get in and look at your email. But mm-hmm. if it's so encrypted that even their own text can't do it, and there are some people that want that kind of privacy. Unfortunately they should have told you that, that it was that it was really good privacy before <laughs> they let you you know,
10: do this, right? Yeah. I, think so, I even bought the upgraded program right after I got the hard drive and figured I'd have a better backup and all that, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but unfortunately... It, sure,
10: I'll tell you that.
3: Yeah, but what unfortunately what happened is when you ran it to recover the data, it wiped out the computer, and now you have
5: nothing. Mm. Um yeah. So, guys, Jerry, look. I, I, I've got I one recommendation. There's a There's a whiz who's actually listed at the top of the WJR Internet Advisor uh, vendor recommendation page. Oh, yeah. His name is Tom Lawrence. Yes. And, uh, yes. Tom really specializes in this kind of thing. So, if you go on the Internet Advisor web page. Mm-hmm. And uh, find I I think it's Lawrence Computing as yeah. his company. Yes. Uh, see Very what good. Tom could come up with. Uh, I will be glad to do do that. And then uh, I he's a whiz. He's incredible. I th- I think the big problem you really have though is you don't need computer counseling. You need some relationship counseling. <laughs> <and>
0: so
10: <on. laughs> oh dear, Oh, thanks. you're encouraging. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, the computers can be replaced.
10: i years old.
5: You could even learn something. You know, yeah, there she, you go. She'll still appreciate flowers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Jerry. Thanks so much for calling. Sorry, yeah, we couldn't do better are. than this. Bye-bye. All right, let's hey. get to, uh, I think it's Burke. Am I right? Burke from Clarkson?
8: Yep, you got me.
0: Okay, uh, Burke, what can I do for you?
8: Well, I, I was prompted to call when I heard some funny stories about finding the notebook underneath the couch. And... uh <laughs> and so uh, it, it, it brought something to my mind that's been uh, on my mind for the last month or so and that is uh, I'm my dad's guy who's a couple of different computers but an OS will and 10 uh, but I keep playing like, an Inspiron Dell 9200 two has got a 17 and half inch screen uh, and I use that for my email clients and uh, an occasional uh, uh, browsing, but usually just for the email and uh,
0: stating pictures. Burke, um, I'm gonna t- hey Burke, hang on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna ask uh, Logan to call you back uh, because we're having a terrible time understanding what you're saying. So oh. what, just hang on, and uh, I'm gonna have Logan disconnect and then recall you
3: okay so yep. we, before the end of the program because we can... only have a few minutes oh and uh, and regarding the um, dvd on the chromebook i found several youtube videos that describe how to get it to work that uh, many different external dvd players work on chromebook and they provide and they have to tell you what application to use so look through youtube on how to get that to work
0: okay excellent let's go to ron from east point hi ron how you doing we're gonna try to get an answer for you quickly here go ahead
7: Hi. Uh, Yeah, I have Mozilla Firefox, Mm -hmm. and up until a couple weeks ago, it would load with no problem when I started it up. And I looked in the uh, processes in Task Manager, and it shows three Firefox.exe star 32 programs running at the same
3: time. That is quite common for every tab opened uh, that you have. And if, if I was to open up a blank Google Chrome, or Internet Explorer, there's always one or two of those applications running.
5: Oh, when I open, I get seven because I have applications running in Google. So that's true. Uh, same thing with Firefox. You might that that is not something that you should be concerned about at all. Uh, you've got another problem. <laughs> oh,
4: okay.
3: So okay. another problem. Like, there might be an application or a plugin that he has running in Firefox, like a weather notification that's on the toolbar or yeah, something, sure. that actually opens up another instance of Mozilla, as an example. Yeah. And uh-huh. Hopefully uh-huh. It's When nothing...
7: it opens up, it only opens up one window. Correct. Yep.
5: And that's yep. why I was
7: the... curious why there'd be three.
5: Uh, hidden windows. You could think of it like hidden windows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right.
4: Thank you very much. All
5: right. Thank you very much for your call. I'm sorry. By
0: the way, uh, I'm going to ask... Um, uh, Ron out there in East... No, Ron, we just finished talking with. Excuse me. Uh, we had Burke. We're going to give you a give us a call back in, and we're going to try to talk to you offline before we wrap things up here. Okay? Yeah, but
5: not from Niagara Falls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what it sounded like under the falls, <laughs> folks. Thank you so much for being with us this week, and I'm glad we finally got folks connected on our phones after all that trouble. Logan, thank you. Tom, thank you. Karsten, and Gary, thank you so much for being with us down there in Fort Lauderdale. Guys, I know you'll have a great time with the program coming up here. while I'm gone for a little while, and you're going to do a great job. So, sm-
2: Foster, make... sure our thoughts and prayers are with you.
0: Thank Absolutely. you so much, my friend. Take care. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.